everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 162nd episode of the podcast, airing October 22nd, 2023. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome special guest C.V. Henriette, a.k.a. Vivi, to join me on the program to chat all about Scorpio season 2023. Now, Vivi and I break down the compost vibe that the season of Scorpio has for us this year. So are you uh, like us and feeling like butterfly goo too? We do talk about being deep in the eclipse season and how the astrological current is clearing the way for the emerging dynamics of next spring. Scorpio season has no shortage of impactful transits as we finish up the Taurus-Scorpio eclipse cycle, Saturn stations direct, We have a new moon opposing Uranus and the Sun-Mars synodic cycle starts all over again. So get ready for a transmutative force that is Scorpio. Now to follow along as we step through the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. And if you'd like to support this program, come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can leave a tip in my tip jar, you can book a personal consultation, and you can also sign up for my monthly transit newsletter, The Heavenly Wind. Now, if you've been tuning in for a little while, you will have remembered that I was fundraising for uh, a tarot deck that I co-created called Tarot of Her, and I am so happy to uh, inform y'all that it was a success. So we are fully funded and we are going forward. I'm currently writing the book for it um, and we are in full production mode. Now, if you weren't able to be one of the Kickstarter supporters, there will be a few amount of decks available for pre-order here, uh, probably in the next month or so. So if you'd like to get on the uh, the list to know when that happens, go to tarotofher.com and you can sign up for our mailing list and you'll be the first to know when those few decks that will be available will be open for pre-order. All right, so who is ready to hear all about Scorpio season 2023? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Energetic Principles podcast. Today we have a new guest joining me. We have C. Vivi Henriette with me here today. Thanks for joining me, Vivi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm always excited to interview a new guest because, you know, I play favorites. I get a couple of people that I like <laughs> and I just keep inviting them back on because I'm like, oh, I want to hang out with them again. Um, <laughs> but I was called through uh, a little birdie of intuition in my head to reach out to Vivi and to invite her on for Scorpio season. So I'm glad you're able to join me. I'm super happy to be here. And I love that I just feel like I'm naturally playing the part for those <laughs> watching the video. Where there's uh there's some the scorpionic vibes <laughs> that we were joking around before, where uh, you know, I'm the Scorpio rising, but here I am mm-hmm. looking more Leonian <laughs> than <laughs> the Leo rising that looks very scorpionic. How ironic is that? So, well, before we get started here, because we're going to have a lot to talk about, Scorpio season is pretty packed with uh, things going on in the skies, but tell the listeners who you are, um, what you, what you got going on. Yeah. So my name is C. Vivi Henriette. You can call me Vivi. I go under the moniker Art of the Zodiac. 
And um, I also interview people. I have a series called Talk, 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 where um, I interview mostly astrologers, which was sort of an accidental thing. The idea was that I'd interview artists and astrologers. These days, it's been a lot of astrologers. And um, I'm on IG Live. I have a podcast. You can subscribe on Substack. Um, So I do written interviews, audio interviews, video interviews. But really, I just spend most of my life either, you know, astrology and tarot or, as I say, exploring the radical act of conversation. (laughs) It is a radical act. Yes. You never know what could be said or where it can take you, right? That's uh, the beauty of it. It was, it's kind of like, I love what you do because just um, sort of flesh that out. I sort of thought of it as this sort of like anti, um, my brain's. um, We were talking uh, about the Mercury on the South Node right now. (laughs) Just FYI to all the listeners, as you go on in this program, we were talking in the midst of the South Node action. I'm like the social media platform that just talks at you really fast. Oh yeah, that one. Which one is that? They all do. TikTok's the one that talks Thank the you. fastest. That's what I was thinking about. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like this idea of like living very much in sort of a monologue world. So it's nice to sometimes slow down and have a conversation, right? See, I couldn't have figured that out in a monologue. No. I'd still be searching for You would be there. You would have pressed pause and you'd be like, what was that again? What a... And that's the that's the beauty of this podcast <laughs> is that there is never a pause. It does not pause. There are no edits. There are no cuts. So it is all live uh, in theory. I guess we could say. Um, so it's uh, really is the art of conversation, the radical <laughs> art of conversation, because you just got to be in it. <laughs> so we are going to be talking all about Scorpio season 2023 today, which I'm always excited for Scorpio season because, hey, I'm a Scorpio rising. So for me, it's like my my personal rejuvenation period where I'm like, give me the hell out of Libra. That was a ride. <laughs> Um, and I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready for something next, but we are in like the thick of it right now. Cause we just had that solar eclipse in Libra a few days ago here, and we're getting ready for a lunar eclipse. Uh, the last one in the, the Taurus Scorpio axis. So it's, it's not any old Scorpio. That's not your normal Scorpio season. <laughs> I guess we could say. Yeah, not your normal, but I will tell you, I am like. I've never thought that I would say that Scorpio season somehow feels like a fresh breath of fresh air. I mean, I like Scorpio season, (laughs) but I'm just like so over everything that's been happening that I'm, I'm really welcome this. Yeah. And well, and that, I mean, we always think about Scorpio season, right. As being this point of the the yearly change, you know, transmutive and transformative, you know, compost time of the year, especially in the Northern hemisphere, because this is our, you know, the, the thickening of fall yeah. and the decomposition. Um, but that eclipses love to throw us new scenarios, especially South node eclipses that we are here to, uh, compost. <laughs> and so a lot of, I could see how Scorpio season would be a breath of fresh air because, um, I'm, I mean, personally, I'm ready for change. How are you feeling on that front? Oh no, absolutely. It's interesting. It feels like after like, you know, this, this past eclipse, like Venus retrograde, I feel like there's been just so much that like my personal feeling is like, I'm ready for the compost, just like turn me into goo. I'll emerge as a butterfly next year. Done. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, just, just goo me up until spring. Good. Cool. 
I, w- I was reading something somewhere. I'm horrible. This is I'm like somewhere someone taught me something and I can't credit them. But uh, <laughs> they're they're talking about we always think about the two stages of the butterfly, right? It's the caterpillar yeah. and then it goes into the goo and then it's the the butterfly. And but really that third incarnate, there's a third incarnation and that is yeah. the goo like that is <laughs> the hinge is actually an incarnation in itself. Um, and so we are in the third unspoken incarnation of the butterfly. And that is the goose state. Um, and I am feeling super gooey. I'm feeling like very s'mores and a fire sort of <laughs> like sandwich me between some chocolate and some gingerbread, uh, or graham cracker and just let me hang out until that's <laughs> as you're as you're talking i'm just imagining like scorpio like fixed water being like just a big vat of jelly mm. and i just what, like want to just like be in it also i think you might have been talking about maybe spencer michelle our mutual friend who actually was like obsessed with like releasing butterflies this summer oh yeah butterfly fun, uh, yeah another fun butterfly fact adding to that which i think feels relevant is i didn't know this but when what is it? The caterpillar gets ready to go into the cocoon. It just kind of knows it's time and it goes and like hangs itself and then just starts like the process. But I, I, do, I like that idea that just like it kind of crawls somewhere alone and then just starts like weaving this sort of fiber. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, when you were saying that, what came into my head was <laughs> even though this is a Piscean card, but the hangman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when you just like the literally, literally the butterfly goes all hangman um, or hanged one um, to yeah get into this state of what it's going to become. Cause that's essentially what's happening here is what are we going to become? Because after we go through a summer of Venus retrograde, we had a really potent Mercury retrograde, Pluto just stationed uh, direct. We're having the all these Pluto squares uh, on a last, uh, or Pluto squares on the south node. Um, we're also having a first quarter in Pluto, which is happening, or did that already happen? What day is it? God, my concept of time is just <laughs> wait today. Today's the, Tuesday. No, no, this no, is going like, to like, be. I know the day. I'm very proud I'm of like, myself for this. Like, <laughs> this is actually going to be the weekend. Uh, probably when this podcast <laughs> is going to air uh, is when there's going to be the first quarter on Pluto squaring all the bargain. You know. <laughs> Anyways, my whole point to that ramble was that there is a lot going on. There's a lot that has led up to the need to gooify uh, and initiate these changes, right? And so that's what Scorpio season's going to bring us. So I loved your, I loved your uh, <laughs> the, um, image of the jello. I'm like, I'm yeah. thinking like a jello mold and how just nasty jello dessert. No, I, I like jello as a whole, but you know what I'm talking about? Like the, oh, like the 1950s? Desserts. The whole jello That might fat. have a hot dog in it. And yeah, it could have why. a hot dog, could have a scorpion <laughs> in it. Like Could have anything, anything. anything. So just put it in Jello. People will eat it, <laughs> or at least look at it. <laughs> yeah, isn't it pretty? It wiggles when. Uh, but I love that. I love that analogy. I feel like there was something. I don't know why I'm thinking Jello bath. Is that a thing, or is that something that I've? I made mean, it up could in my head. Like I, I feel like at some point in my life I saw. It sounds like a fancy spa service. Like I could imagine like collagen jello. <laughs> oh gosh. 
15 things to add to your bath. Uh, gelatin is one of them To Gelatin has also been shown to balance serotonin levels and treat mood issues. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. You don't have to be in a tub of sticky jello, but you could pour some gelatin in your water. I think I saw some art thing or some movie a long time ago where maybe it was like a joke and they put some jello in a pool and then it turned into the, and so I'm having a vague hazy memory, uh, is what's coming up now, but we just learned something, right? Put gelatin in your tub. You can help your nails and your mood. <laughs> so let's talk about fixed water just in general and also Mars, because that's, that's the whole kind of backbone to Scorpio energy yeah. is, are these qualities. Um, so what, I mean, what's your take on just either one of those or the combination of both fixed water and Mars as a planet? Okay. I mean, Mars is a, I have a very, um, I want to say particular relationship with Mars. I love Mars. I mean, I'm not going to like not love any planet. Um, I think, I mean, I think of Mars as like the warrior, but I also, but I also think I was thinking about this earlier, like Mars and Scorpios, I have Mars and Aries. So I have a little bit of envy mm. for people who have Mars and Scorpio. Cause I think there's a level of like determination and strategy there, right? As we just sort of entered Mars and Scorpio. I don't know why, but when you're talking this sort of just thinking about Mars coming out of Libra and like with that, with the South node, how it just felt like such a like, dis like unhappy Mars, like just felt so disastrous. And I was thinking about Scorpio season with the Mars coming home. Like just the, the phrase that came to mind was now, now we get to sit in our sadness. Like, like felt like there was like this hurricane of stuff happening. And now it's like, okay, sit in your sadness and think about how you want to proceed next. So yeah, does uh, not gestate, gestate in your gloom. No. Uh, well, I mean, Scorpio is known as uh, a sometimes brooding sign. It's just the, the nature of it. We just went, um, as we're talking right now, the, the moon just moved into Sagittarius. And so we just went through a couple days of having the moon in Scorpio and, um, you know, that moon is in a fall in fall for a reason. It has this quality where maybe things just go along and, you know, everything's kind of fine and you're on it. But if you get that anger, if you get that irritation, if something is disrupted or goes wrong, um, or doesn't go how you want it to go essentially, right. You know, Mars has its own directive. It wants things to go a particular way. And when it doesn't, uh, the emotional response, the fall of the Scorpio moon, like, Ooh, I had one yesterday. I had like a severe, like, I, it's like I fell out of a, a moon tree. I just like <laughs> my whole, my whole mood just went like was shot for the whole day for something that had happened. Um, and it really helped me understand that moon placement of the, of the Scorpio moon, because I mean, I have the Capricorn moon, so I understand the detriment or the debility of yeah. a malefic ruled moon, you know, Saturn's a different flavor than Mars, obviously, because Mars gets real broody. Mars gets real angry. Mars gets, um, can get desperate, you know, like kind of flailing out to, uh, a lot of times take action on things that there's really no action to be taken on, or if you can't have action. Yeah. Um, that's where a lot of times the emotional response gets so, uh, just rough and maybe even almost defeating because there's nothing you can do. Right. And so you have to just 
acquiesce to the feeling itself. So I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but just kind of understanding like the, the broodiness and, and kind of the, the depths of emotion that you can be taken whenever any planet is in Scorpio. Um, but especially since we're of, entering Scorpio season. I always think of a sensitivity too, right? Like that's the mm. thing of the moon in Scorpio. It's like almost like um, it's feeling everything, but it like, I don't know. But then there's also the sort of need to protect itself as well. Mm. And like, I feel like feelings and protection sounds so bad. Like don't go that well, right? Like the, I think it's like the moon and like cancer. Well, it's, it's a like, vulnerable planet, right? Yeah. And it's like the way if it feels like on guard, like gets really defensive. I think of that too. There's sort of like a lashing out, like the idea, like when people like lash out because they're really hurt, but then all you're getting is that sort of anger storm. Yeah. That's what I think of the moon. Yeah. Or, you know, when we think about the moon being our point of nurturance and maybe we're nurturing other people, but we're also nurturing ourselves. We're constantly trying to nurture and take care of ourselves. Like that's just the nature of being human. And keeping up with this world. And so there can be, you know, the Scorpio tail doesn't always lash out to others. A lot of times it can lash out internally. And that's when the emotions just inside get just like, ah, um, and you know, you get, you get like, you gotta be nice to yourself. You gotta, you know, it's not as bad as it seems or, um, you know, poking that wound over and over again is not going to change the scenario. It's like, you've got to be, uh, proactive with the content in a different way. Um, and so I don't know if anybody can relate to Scorpio moon stuff like this, or even in the just last couple of days after the solar eclipse, yeah. we can take whatever that energy was and then allow the sun to come in, right? Because the sun is the point of the spotlight. This is where we get the conscious awareness. This is where um, everything is just brought into uh, almost a, just an illuminative point that helps us focus on issues there that can be then integrated uh, somehow because we understand them. Mm. Um, so give me, give me three, I'm like, I don't know if I want to use the word generic, but they could seem generic in your own sure. mind just because, you know, as astrologers, we start like, oh, this is this, this is that. But there's like three uh, qualities of Scorpio that just stand out in your mind right away, just working with the sign or experiencing it what uh, is a Scorpio? Ooh, I think cutting, mm. psychological, and um, protective. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's something I'm going to totally steal from Diana Rose Harper. But she was talking about the idea of Scorpio being like a well, right? Like there's only so much water. And so oftentimes we think of like this like, swamp or something, but this idea that you have this like fixed amount, right. Of like clean water. And so there's that need to protect it. And that sort of hearing that changed the way that I think about Scorpio, maybe more compassionate to it as a sign. Yeah. It's a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on. And that's the, you know, that's the thing with Scorpio is it can keep it under wraps. It could keep it a secret. It could keep it rather mysterious. Um, and I know a lot of people that uh, are either Scorpios themselves or strong Scorpio planets are in partnership with Scorpio planets. And they're like, the, the Scorpio will be, the protectiveness also bleeds into loyalty. But how much, how much do you truly know of this person? 
Because when it's people are trying to protect the water, protect the yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how much do you get let in? How much do you really know? How much are they willing to uh, expose or give? Yeah. So, yeah. That, no, I'm just like, that could be just something that comes up this season too, when we think about all these changes that we're, we're going through and how it might re- require some of that vulnerability um, that we're, we're talking about. Um, that's not always comfortable uh, with, with Scorpio energy. I was going to ask, may I ask you a question? Oh yeah. Is it Scorpio rising, right? <laughs> like when I talk about this idea of like protecting or like, um, you know, being on guard, like how have you experienced that as a Scorpio rising and has your relationship to that changed throughout your life? Was just Scorpio in general, like Scorpio like, energy? Like thinking about or- this idea of maybe, um, you know, as a Scorpio rising, have you noticed that maybe you tend to be like on guard or maybe a little like scared of getting vulnerable with people? And has that like something that's you've learned to work with? Like, so if you think of your mm. own life, can you think of like how maybe you've personally worked with the sort of Scorpio archetypes? Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny there. Um, I mean, Scorpios are known for this and I will own up to this as well. Like especially Scorpio risings, you get in a conversation with someone, you'll be like, oh yeah, tell me what's going on with you. What's, you know, like, give me all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll like, they'll ask you a question and you're like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a, you know, you just, it, there's a barrier where you're just like, oh, what do, who do I let in here? And then there's other times. Cause you know, I think about Saturn being a planet of boundaries, but I think Scorpio is also a gatekeeper of boundary sort of energy. Um, and trust, right? That's a big thing with the Taurus Scorpio axis is that that trust. You know, who do I who do I let in and who do I not? Um, and who and sometimes it's just too much energy to let people in. Cause I'm like, it's not even that I don't want to tell them things. It's just like I just don't have the energy to, <laughs> you know, like you're not, you know, you're not in it's not not worth it to me to have to have that conversation. Um but there's also just a, a general, yeah, protective is definitely a, a good word. Um, protective of the self, right? Because that's the thing with this being a Scorpio rising is the rising is the body. The rising is the self. Yeah. Rising is me. Um, so being on guard and um, aware. I used to have a, I used to have a, a partner back, back when I was like 21 or something like that. And I remember one time he got super mad at me and he was just like, He's like, nothing gets past you. He's like, not a single thing. Like, the, and it just irritated him because, you know, pair that with my Saturn and Virgo. And yeah. of course, I might have been a little like on him or a little nitpicky about, you know, like just always calling things out. Because that's the thing is Scorpio energies, it's, it can see. It's it's like, it's on the, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's the no BS sign. So if something's going on, it's going to call it out. It's going to see it. It's going to see through other people's stuff and other people's motives. Um, like you cannot pull anything over <laughs> on the Scorpio. I'm curious, do you have like people, you know, I, I just borrow Diana Harper's, Diana Rose Harper's like well analogy for the Scorpio. But like when you think of that, like the sort of, do you have an image for the Scorpio that like sees all? 
like if you had to, yeah. Mm, the, the, like an image of a Scorpio that's like, like if you're thinking all... about the sign and you're trying to like describe it in an image, like the imagery for what you just said, what would that be? Well, when you said that immediately, what came to mind was like an actual scorpion, but it just had like a massive third eye. <laughs> or maybe wonderful. the third eye is in the tail. Maybe it's like, it's like the actual, and then the, the, yeah. So it's got that pinchers and the tail comes up and the tail is just this big eyeball. Um, and then the eyeball opens up and it can be the, the lat. wait, does the tail have a pincher? Yeah, of course it does. That's what, <laughs> yeah, it does, it does. Right. I'm like looking it's for even a worse of a scorpion like... right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is what's, that's what comes to, that is what comes Ooh. to my head. So, oh, so that being mm-hmm. said, right. The sun comes into Scorpio. The sun is going to light things up. Well, we're t- what are we talking about here? We're talking about what lurks underneath. We're talking about maybe the the bullshit <laughs> or the secrets <laughs> or the things. And that could be of like things that are hidden from you by other people or the world in general. But it'd also be your own stuff where you're like, all of a sudden you get a, like a spotlight on your like uh, on your own BS and how to deal with that. And especially from an emotional angle and you're like, you know what, if I really want to change my life, I got to change the, these reactive patterns. I got to change the way I, um, yeah, just kind of like that seven of swords energy where mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the seven of cups sort of energy where I'm just kind of like not deceiving my own self or, but sometimes we do, we, we think we're just in the mode of how we do things. And unless we call ourselves on it. And a lot of times what happens is other people call us on it. And then we're like, mm, I don't know about that. Our defense, it's defensive mode right away. But if we really look at that and take that information in, <laughs> maybe that's, uh, it can be very helpful, especially with our last eclipse um, in uh, Scorpio and Taurus. So how are you feeling just with the eclipse season anyways, just right now, just pers- personally? I mean, you don't have to get in personal details, but just yes. like kind of how you're feeling it, the vibe. You know, I was thinking about this. It's interesting that we're in this transition time because we just had the eclipse, the Aries Libra axis where it's going to continue, right? And this is, we're about to have the, the final eclipse in the um, Scorpio Taurus axis. And I think when I've been thinking about the past period of time, like, I don't know, the Scorpio Taurus eclipses to me really felt a lot about like just uncovering bullshit. I think that's a great way to put it. There was a lot of just dealing with this, just like emotionally, where are we at? I almost think of it like a psychological cleanse in a sense, Mm. right? Of like, okay, if we want to get to this earthly thing, what do we have to like clean up in a way? And, you know, it's interesting. I think there's so the, this new eclipse season feels so much more volatile to me right? Like the Aries Libra is always like, okay, like almost feel like how, like, what is the spark of fire and what do we want to initiate? And then because of that, like what kind of contract, sorry, what kind of contracts do we have to renegotiate? Right. Mm -hmm. So it feels, there's been a lot of like thinking about like clearing our minds and now we have to act. And so it's interesting. Like, I don't know, like last week, I think the general consensus of people around me was just this, like, almost like the dragon ride of like, you know, <laughs> sleep, but then like just wanting to crash, right? Like this sort of high, high, low lows, just like a lot of that. And so I know I shouldn't be like, there are eclipses, right? We don't know what to expect from them, but it almost feels just in general, like I don't care. Going into Scorpio season, 
feels like I'm okay with now. Even if I have to sit in my room and be really goth and like look at my own bullshit and that's hard, I'm like okay with the sadness for a while. Like I'm just okay to just sit with my stuff, even though it may not feel that good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, you sit with it, right? And maybe it might not feel good for a couple of days or so, or maybe even a couple of weeks, depending on how much stuff you have to deal with. Yeah. But on, but that's where the empowerment comes, right? Because that's where the surge of the, you know, claiming your stuff and then claiming yourself after it comes back on the other end, because it's not like you just, you know, we always make underworld sort of, I mean, these are Plutonian jokes, right? Yeah. It's like, you got to go through it. It's the only way out is through. Well, Scorpio energy has that, is, has that same thing. It's not, and you can get stuck in the through. That's, that's yeah. true. Um, jello. but I, but I think there, you can get stuck in the jello. You can get, you can get tantalized by a jello dessert that does you wrong. And then you're down there for too, too long, but no, it feels like there's something about, especially with the potent Sun-Mars synodic cycle that is going to be a part of this season, which is a huge part of the season, um, and just astrological transits in general, yeah, yeah. that is going to stimulate the, the, the new quest of the, the inner warrior, right? And then we started off talking about uh, Mars in Scorpio, and it's tenacity and, uh, determination, um, and patience to get what it wants and make the change and get it, get it done. Right. Uh, I like to call Mars and Scorpio, the ninja Mars. I've said this before on the podcast because it's, 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 it can get the job done. It can conquer its, its opponents, even if the opponent might be inside. Um, but it does so with these tactics that are really strategic and thought out and they, they take patience and they take intellect. Um, and we're at the end of a dying cycle. That's something, that's another point of like to bring in all this sort of purge energy that we've been talking about is that, you know, the sun Mars synodic cycle, it only, it starts every couple of years. So we have these couple of year chunks where there is our point of, uh, you know, solar identity and consciousness that is pushing off a particular mission. And the last mission we pushed off of was the Libra one uh, a couple of years ago. And of course, so we've had a, we've had a cranky Mars <laughs> Think about sun and Mars meeting in, in Libra, one in fall, one in detriment. Like that is not a good setup for, um, for the last couple of years. And why this one coming up is such a, a potent yeah. Martian um, push that is really steeped in this, this change that we're talking about. You know, I'm gonna I'm building on that. Can I go back for a moment? Just thinking about Mars has been playing such a pivotal role in both of these eclipses, mm-hmm. right? Um, how do you see the transition from this, like the the nodal change, right, from the Scorpio Taurus to the Aries Libra? What's your mm. sort of vibe on the change? Well, to me, it's like the because we got to pull it back with the the Scorpio Taurus action. Yeah. Because all that really got started, or it didn't really necessarily get started, but it coincided with the Saturn-Uranus square. Yeah. So we had all this tension in fixed signs to begin with. So mm-hmm. there's something to be thought of, of like just the breaking apart and the rearranging and the reorientation of the fixity 
in our lives. Uh, and that's why maybe they weren't, well, and I want to say maybe they weren't so as active as for some people and some people, they really were like, yeah, there, there were, uh, definitely big changes that were made. Um, but if you didn't make big changes and they were just all happening internally um, these like fixated parts of yourself that were so rooted for so long, um, that's where this axis comes in and gives us that cardinal push the, yeah. the initiating, I mean, anytime you're going to have North node and Aries pushing off of like Cardinal fire, these are dr- dramatic new story changes, uh, for, yeah. for everyone. Um, and of course, when we have story changes, there's always, it's not just a, a solo mission. There's always people involved in our lives. And so that's where that Libra energy comes in because then we are rearranging, um, who, who's on the mission with us, who aligns with the quest, uh, who can help us get to where we want to go, you know? Um, but in a way that serves all parties, because the nodal axis is always about a blend and hopefully a balance of the two energies. Um, even though like the whole Libra action that's going on right now with the South node and a lot of people, there was so many themes leading up to the solar eclipse where on on social media all over the place it was like people dealing with their people pleasing stuff you know they my people pleasing you know pitfalls the pitfalls of people pleasing saying <laughs> say that five times fast um and how people do themselves a, a disservice and i heard it from all angles right yeah yeah i heard it from all <laughs> angles people like oh you're doing yourself a disservice you know you're when you please other people, you're not getting what you want out of life. And then there was another side, another camp that's like, when you people please, you're controlling the situation. You're getting what you want by by people please. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, now I've heard it all. I'm, I'm seeing all the different angles. But it really, there was so much focus on how we live our lives in relation to yeah. others and the avoidance of conflict or the need to directly or inadvertently control. <laughs> so, um, and I saw it, it, <laughs> I, it, made, it made sense. I get it. I started advising other people the same thing, found it coming up. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now with it. Yeah. But so we're getting out of this last bit of the, the Scorpio Taurus of the fixity and right, it's it's eclipsing in the final of the you know the Taurus zone, exalted moon, right? Yeah. You know, Venus is not in the best condition, but which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, but it is this culmination of what is getting fixed in the physical, or what we um, are leaning towards to uh, fully manifest that will take the energy, especially of next spring, yeah. to really push it forward because next spring is going to be very dynamic. And the whole setup of what's going on now is what is stirring the compost essentially for the, for the sprouts and the shoots, Mm -hmm. they're going to come up then. So I don't know if that answered your question. I think. No, it did. And I just want to say that I love thinking about this um, um, Libra Aries eclipse axis is like, like what's your mission and who's coming along. That's a really, like, I, that's, that's staying in my head. Yeah. That's what I'm asking myself, <laughs> asking myself that No. Oh my gosh. So here we are as Scorpio season already making cuts. Uh, so 
<laughs> already making cuts. So just a quick lunar overview, since we've already been kind of talking about it, is we're going to have the Libra solar eclipse. Obviously, we're under that. So this whole... Um, the majority of the Scorpio season is going to be under that eclipse cycle. We have the lunar eclipse in Taurus, and then we have a new moon in Scorpio, which is going to be intense in its own right, because it's going to line up with Mars. And then we have these fixed quarters, right? So these fixed uh, um, activation points and maybe sometimes irritation and challenge points that come back to the, actually what we were just talking about with like the fixity and what yeah. we are trying to fix and maybe what we're trying to unfix um, in, in order to move this eclipse energy along. We also have Saturn stationing direct, which that's always a party. <laughs> good, old, good old Saturn there over in Pisces. Uh, so we're going to talk about Saturn stationing direct, um, especially after Pluto did. So we have a couple heavy hitters that are now, we're getting all that direct motion back. Not, not all planets, but majority. Um, so that's, that's big news. We're also going to have Mercury in Scorpio and in Sagittarius, which are talking about two funny, I feel like I just talked about this on the podcast, maybe the last episode with, okay. uh, Rachel Lang, we were talking about, uh, Pisces to Aries. And so the energy is a Pisces to Aries and just that switch Scorpio yeah. to Sag is another one of those where it's just like night and day. Um, but we can talk about that when we get to Mercury. And we also have Venus and Virgo, uh, who's playing a huge part in these eclipse uh, energies. Um, but she'll move into Libra during this season too, where she really likes to be uh, mm -hmm. and where we may need to repair some relationships after, <laughs> after this is all said and done. <laughs> so we will see there. Um, but I'm going to go ahead, if you're watching the video with us here on YouTube, I'm going to go ahead and share my uh, chart. So Vivian and I can get into our, our full-on de delineation of what is going on in the skies. We've done, we've done enough talking about generalities. All right. Got so many, I have so many screens. So many screens I've got to uh, consolidate here. So let me just get all this going. If you're looking at the, if you're watching us and not listening to me, um, you're going to see the Scorpio ingress chart, which is set for October 23rd, um, 2023. It'll be at 9:20 AM here exact on the Pacific coast, which, uh, you're, you're, are you in Detroit? I am. Yeah. yeah. So it's the East coast. Oh, we almost moved to Detroit. All my partner stuff is still in Detroit. We have it in a... <laughs> <laughs> in a uh in a storage unit um out there yeah i yeah we almost side note side note with partners and missions we <laughs> we yeah, almost side note i have a um i have a storage unit on the west coast we could like swap oh how funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah we get we got tra trade those storage units yeah <laughs> That's funny. So for uh, people on the, the East Coast, like Vivi, that's going to be, um, do the math, Mel, uh, noonish. Yeah. <laughs> noonish on October 23rd. So what's going on here? Okay, so we start off with a Aquarius moon um, and we are pretty close. Yeah, we're just building to the eclipse. But the main thing is like... the the sun moving into Scorpio is immediately going to try and good old Saturn here. We were just talking about, um, who is not quite direct yet. 
but slowly getting there, sitting there at zero degrees, right? Just cusping it, cusping it in Pisces. Um, so this we just sort of, yeah, oh, go sorry. ahead. Oh no, no the ahead. word I kept thinking about when I was staring at these charts was like tease. Like, like it's like, it gives me a little anxiety. Like Saturn's like threatening to go back and do Aquarius. <laughs> but won't. <laughs> it's like, you don't want me to go, you don't want me to go there again, do you? No, Mm-mm. no. We're done. We're done with you there. Thank you. Um, your time was well spent. <laughs> but you know, Pisces is no. Everybody was like, "Oh, Saturn and Pisces. It's going to relieve the astrological winter," which it did. You know, getting yeah. Saturn out of its back-to-back domiciles. But Saturn and Pisces. I mean, I mean, where are we crazy where Saturn is? Like, no, no one's really crazy about where Saturn is ever. <laughs> um, but Saturn and Pisces, well, I mean, what what are your thoughts on uh, just Saturn and Pisces experience in general, our first leg of it? Um, my first thought is it's better than Saturn and Aries. <laughs> well, don't, don't ruin the party before we get there. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, I, I think it's interesting. I think I'm kind of personally thankful for Saturn and Pisces because I think it's been kind of grounding with mm. like Neptune having been in Pisces for so long. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Like I, I personally have like, maybe I'm just feeling it because I personally have Mercury and Pisces and I feel like I've been on like sort of the some very like extended like trip for a long time and Saturn at least is adding some structure even if right the structure is like underwater fiascos and disasters um I can see that I can see that that's um there's, there's you know, a cuz Pisces could uh, benefit from a little order now and then yeah <laughs> yeah right that's how I'm choosing to see it um I like that the sun's trining it like it feels it gives some support and again I just keep thinking of coming out of this sort of volatile moment yeah also been staring Venus down it's sort of yeah it's sort of it's sort of it comes back to the well almost it's like our well is like getting some stabilized support here uh that just that emotional energy where I mean, Saturn can feel limiting, but Saturn can also be, um, sometimes we realize coming back to the boundaries, we just talked about, uh, getting out of (laughs) very interesting and potentially volatile, but also exciting, uh, Libra season that's rearranging the lines, um, of where, you know, you meet and the other begins. And so here we have in water signs, this awareness of structure or boundaries or how to, uh, ease into that, um, and maybe put certain, um, practicum in place that, uh, even maybe just emotionally on the inside to where there's like this maybe fortitude or strengthening, uh, that can be like, you know what, I'm ready to transcend this issue and I'm ready for change. And you know what? It just feels like it might be easier now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and more of maybe a, like a mundane level. I don't know something that came to me thinking about Saturn and Pisces too, of like this idea of like Saturn in the land of like dreams, shorthand, if you will, thinking about um, legislation around psychedelics, mm. right? Like that's been like a big issue that's I think coming to the fore. And I just read something like a couple of days ago, how California has voted to say that they're going to keep, like they are, they've postponed 
I think I'm going to get this wrong. So someone look it up completely making psychedelics legal. Like I think the, the governor came out and said, we still need more information. Right. So thinking about like Saturn is like authorities in this space feels really interesting to me. Well, when you're speaking, what came to my mind is like, this could be a big um, switch that happens with the Saturn-Neptune conjunction that's going to happen at zero degrees Aries. You know, think about Saturn being in that place of fall and like the structure and the legislation that we have around psychedelics or any type of mind-altering substance um, and kind of beginning this whole new pioneering, this whole new cycle of working with... um, uh, yeah, substance and stimulus. Um, and maybe that's where all this, the the gray area right now, why they're like, oh, we have to, you know, Saturn, what does Saturn love? Saturn loves to delay. Saturn's like, Uh hold on. We're not ready yet. We don't know enough. We don't have enough. There's, we don't, we don't have it figured out or what this is going to look like. So that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I like the idea about Saturn, like the, in, um, in Aries with Neptune, the structure is dissolving. That's. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and, and it could start a whole, a whole new world, a whole <laughs> new psychedelic world where you're, you know, where maybe we work on people, the, the issues of humanity through expansion, expanding the mind into new territory. Maybe we don't conquer the new territory we're going to conquer is the mind. <laughs> um, yeah. Perhaps, well, but. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's, um, I feel like that's a whole podcast episode. On that is a po- think whole about podcast the astrology, episode. The sort of legislation and even Saturn's movements in the next two yeah. years. Noted. Noted. <laughs> um, so we do start off sort of with this uh, sobering boundary sort of influence, but also a, a fortitude sort of strengthening energy with that Saturn. We've already had Mars there, right? Because here's the thing we got to keep in mind as we get up to the synodic cycle changing over with the sun and Mars, which will happen, I believe around the 17th. uh, Yeah. 17th, 18th. The sun is going to be trailing same with Mercury right now is going to be trailing all of Mars's moves. So Mars is sort of playing that pioneer with all the other planets right now, because it's like, okay, well, we're going to talk and I'll report we'll report back and then, you know, the action happens. And then maybe then we're like, oh, we start to perceive it or compute it. And then, oh, we start to understand it. And so there's just sort of this lead up where maybe there is just activity um, and maybe even some sort of destruction or disruption that might happen first before the full integration and understanding can happen after it, right? Just to reiterate the point that I don't even know if I ever made with the synodic cycle with the sun and Mars is that we're coming to the end of it. So this is, this is like a a deep sort of compost of the, the old mission um, and what we've learned and how we've integrated the last couple years um, and, and beyond, you know, it's not just one life is the, the Ouroboros. So, uh, there's extra, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's extra death here. Take it for what you will. <laughs> there's, there's extra death. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, especially when you're ready to push into change and what your life could be like on the, uh, uh, on the other side. So did you say depth or death? Cause it sounded, I think I said, you said, I said death, but death oh, you could said- work too. <laughs> I was like, that's great. Extra death. And I was like, wait, maybe she said depth. No, that's one. No, I said extra death. (laughs) Extra death. (laughs) Just a little, a little extra shake of death on, uh, on what's going on right now. 
Um, just to put it, put it to bed, close its <laughs> eyes to sleep. Um, so, so here we have the sun just giving us that Saturn taste trailing Mars. We also got Mercury. So here's the big thing that's happening yeah. that week, right? Because we start Scorpio season on a Monday and we're basically leading up to the lunar eclipse that's going to happen on Saturday on the 28th. Yeah. And so we get the sun Saturn, but then we have just this slow movement of the of both Mercury and Mars getting ready to meet up, but doing so in the opposition to Jupiter, right? So we're just cruising. We got some Pisces moon energy. <laughs> it's always, <laughs> always fun there. Uh, revert back to uh, Rachel Lang's podcast that I did with her last month. If you want to hear about the Pisces Aries uh, mixture. Uh, or Vivi, if you want to share anything about your thoughts on the, the uh, cause that is the lead up. That is the lead up to this eclipse is basically uh, that Pisces energy to Aries energy to then, oh, eclipse Taurus. So what are your, what are your thoughts on Pisces meets Aries or just kind of that transition that happens? Well, personally, like I, like I can maybe give you an anecdote from my own life. Yeah. Um, Because it's interesting to think, right? So um, there's like a third of people who have the sun in Aries, who have Mercury in Pisces. And I think about how that's such a conflicting thing, right? Aries is like, let's go, right? There's this this moment of like action. And I think Pisces is just like in a float tank, like trying to like, you know, connect with the ghost of like John C. Lilly or something. It's but but thinking about the movement from Pisces to Aries always just feels very jarring. Like I wasn't prepared for this. I I was not prepared for this. Where are my pants? (laughs) How am I I leaving the house? That's funny. Wait, I that that is a good that is a good um where I'm not prepared for this. I'm not prepared. Or am I? And where are my pants? That's an important question. Where where are the clothes? Where are the clothes? Someone hand me a rose. Um, or maybe where are the shoes? Uh, so think about Pisces. Where? Yes. Where's yes. the shoes? I'm ready to. I mean, you need pants though, or do you? Like, uh, it's it's up to you. It's up to you. Um, but it is such a jarring <laughs> switch. So there could be something about just you know getting that Sun Saturn action, and then the Moon goes over Saturn, and then we just kind of sit in Pisces mm-hmm. until uh, you know through Wednesday, and then Thursday comes around, and then we get this. We get this Aries moon in this uh, waxing gibbous phase, getting ready for an eclipse. And we got Mercury at almost on Mars, which is always, you know, Mercury and Mars coming together. It's always intensity. Like it's busy, right? I I, I think of that. Um, I, it's funny. I don't know why, but I, I mean, it's, I had this dream last night. I was thinking about just people like aggressively talking at me right? Like it feels just like that person with like the fast thoughts who just needs to just like talk at you, right? Or, you know, if it's yourself, like this, like sort of, you know, anxious, I mean, anxious is the right word, but it it feels, it feels very like mental aggressive. Yeah. Well, anxious could definitely fit in there, especially if you're like hopped up about something and there's a lot of activity or a lot of action that needs to take place, or you feel like you have to take action, then you're trying to figure it out. And you're like, and it's just, or you, you, you're inspired and you want to do something or you have all these ideas, but either way, it's just like a frazzledness of like, yeah, I, it feels <laughs> like, you know, those people, cause I think anxiousness, I think like Virgo more, but those people who are like, 
they're thinking so hard. They like start sweating, <laughs> right? Like that state of like, I have this idea. And just like the thoughts are going till there's like the vein in the like forehead kind of comes out. Yeah. And it's yes. like, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I mean, I think so much, I have a Mercury Mars sextile. Um, and I mean, it's not a conjunction, but you know, it's talking and yeah. it, <laughs> Sometimes I sometimes there's so much going on up here that I start to get like just tension. Just there's just a tension <laughs> in my in my uh, I can't even think of the word in my temporal what? lobe. <laughs> um, and I'm just trying to yeah. And then I'm like and then I'll be like okay, you need to you need to breathe. You need to not think for a second. You need to try to not think for a second. You, um, you know what you said when we started this podcast. You said, hey, it's going to be two hours, nonstop, no breaks. And at the end, we'll be sweating. Yeah, it's perfect. I, you called it. I called it. That's how that's, you know, but at least with the sextiles is enjoyable. <laughs> and you're going to like every minute of it. <laughs> you're going to come out inspired. Um, so, yeah, that's that's funny. So that being said. Right. Add a little, you know, Mars in its domicile to that and the intensity of Scorpio um, and the silence of Scorpio. Right. You know, think about water signs as being mute signs. And so, you know, maybe that intensity that we're talking about uh, and that sweat, the sweat guaranteed. Right. Water yeah. sign. Um, there could be a lot of like internal process of that going on, especially with who's ramping it up. See, I feel like I know this, right? I got a Mercury Mars sextile, but I have Mercury conjunct Jupiter. So it's going to add to that as well. No wonder I think so much. Um, and this is what's happening here is these two planets are gearing up for an opposition with Jupiter retrograde over there in Taurus. So let's just think about this configuration anyways, because it is going to be, it's going to perfect on the day of the lunar eclipse on the 28th, which I'm just going to go ahead and switch to, so we can just start talking about that chart. But let's, let's think about this lead up of both Mercury and Mars opposing Jupiter. Um, and what sort of scenario, what sort of scenario do you think that this, this lineup can bring to the fore? Oh man. Like, I was thinking about this earlier and thinking about like, I think what I, I used to phrase, I was thinking about the sort of like having like emotionally having to deal with like the facts of reality. Like, I was thinking about emotions versus facts, especially with that Venus and Virgo ruling it. There's something about feeling like some sort of like earthly reality, but then also like, I think I said like emotions versus like facts. I don't know if this is, coming across well i mean that's always something that's <laughs> i feel like it's always something that's going on um when you bring like the, the moon like, and it, the <laughs> yeah it's, i mean it's hard you're like oh the moon's in a really great place it's full but then thinking about there's something about like plotting about that like mars it's almost like i don't know i feel like i'm gonna let you finish this but i think i think of that like that standoff in scorpio that we were talking to kind of stay with this imagery of like someone who's just sitting there like internally brooding and like they're like sweating and they're having all these intense thoughts and maybe they're confronted with something like really beautiful but they like refuse to smile mm. <laughs> gosh 
I'm like, I, I can see the times in my life where I've been there. I'm like, or like my partner will do that sometimes. I'll just be in like this mood and then he'll like try to joke with me or something. Uh-huh. I'm just like, mm. no. And then he'll just, but he'll be relentless. He won't, <laughs> he's got a Mars in Scorpio. Um, he'll be like, relentless and he won't stop. And then I'll, I'll eventually crack a smile, right? It'll like eventually break the... <laughs> the intensity in the facade. Like like throwing like birthday cake at like Scorpio. <laughs> like here, like although smile. Venus is not gonna like that. She's like, she doesn't want to be dirty. She's Venus and Virgo does not want cake on her shirt. There's no, no I didn't say she wanted it. <laughs> but she's gonna get it. She's gonna get it. Oh my goodness. It's uh, to me this. This is such a culmination to the intensities of the fixed energy of the last couple of years. Like to me, this is sort of the, I know Uranus is still going to be there and we still got Jupiter conjunct Uranus, Jupiter conjunct Uranus to go in April, which is obviously going to be a big month next spring. But there really is sort of this like hurrah of coming through the the changes that have happened in all the fixed signs um of our of our charts i mean especially scorpio and taurus but if you got planets in aquarius and in leo especially if they're in those sort of mid degrees or the earlier degrees basically the yeah. first like 12 degrees you're really going to be feeling this um eclipse and i mean anytime we're, we're confronted with jupiter i mean jupiter is the planet of progress and moving forward um even if it's moving backwards right now <laughs> but it goes back to the internalization that we're talking about right the sort of the internalized moves and maybe that the intensity of thinking of like where am i going how do i get there what are the moves that i need to take how do i find peace within all this who do i trust uh, along the way you know like or do i trust myself to be able to make these, these shifts. Um, or maybe I have made a shift and then how do I then reroute and restabilize and what's what, what are the logistics? Um, what are, what are the debts? I like what, uh, Nina Griffin, I think it was Nina Griffin, um, who (laughs) almost thought Kathy Griffin in my head. I was like, no, that is someone totally different. (laughs) Nina Griffin. Um, I think on her Patreon, she was talking about, she was talking about when Venus first moved into Virgo about um, it being this place of calling in the debts, right? Mm. The, uh, of like, what, what is owed or like that being part of it, like is her, when we think about relationship and partnering and, um, just even our own wholeness inside is like these, these being very conscious of what, what is owed in the, in the back and forth and the, the debt and the logistics that come with all of this. Um, and that's, and that can sometimes get in the way of peace of the harmony of the, the partnership or, um, keeping things the same, which is not always a bad thing. Cause how did we preface all this? We're in this place of change. So, I mean, I don't know where I'm going with all this, but that was. <laughs> you know, I like that idea of like calling in, calling in debts, right? It's interesting thinking about like, um, as you mentioned, this sort of being the um, last, um, last eclipse on this axis. And there is something of like thinking about 
everything that we've been going through this sort of fixed journey over the what year and change, right? Yeah. 2021 really. Yeah. Like thinking about, um, especially they're sort of yoked together, right? Like that, um, Venus being ruled by that Mercury, right? Um, something about like this, like full picture of the reality of the situation. Cause I also think maybe Jupiter can also act as like a, like amplification, yeah. right? Like a spotlight in itself. And so there, maybe there's a set of like check-in of like, okay, we've been doing all this work in this, these fixed areas. Like what, what do the pastures look like? Right. If we think about this idea of like, maybe see the mushroom analogy, right? The fruiting body versus sort of the, the underworld of it for the, uh, mycelium, right? So, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but there's a sense of like, okay, like what is the reality of the situation in this in this space? Um, and that sort of last bit of drive to like clear things up before we move on. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I love the yeah. idea of calling the deaths related to that, of like what's what cost and what's left to do. Pretty much. I mean, it's not all cut and dry. That's the thing. It's like, there's yeah. a lot of... Um, there's a lot of specifics and details that are all caught up in in the change and the movement mm-hmm. um, that can't necessarily be ignored. Because if we ignore them, then we aren't going to have that sense of peace or harmony. Because there's all these, you know, little bits and pieces that have to be dealt with. So, how do we maybe sacrifice our comfort or our ease in order to deal with all the logistics? Um, and at least now we're in this place of being more broad-minded or maybe mm-hmm. to go back to kind of what you're saying, um, you know, be Jupiter being that amplification point that will give us this place of understanding. And that could be part of it too, as we get to this, um, the, and I mean, Jupiter's in that sixth, uh, you know, six of pentacles kind of zone too, and sort of that give and take. So that really goes back mm-hmm. and forth, um, with some of the things we were talking about Venus, but that. It's just sort of the, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Let me go, let me pull it back, pull it back. I'm like reversing in my head. Like, <laughs> um, no, that point of just understanding. Uh, so, and, and the meaning behind all of it. I mean, that's a big thing when you're getting, you know, think about Taurus being the sign uh, or one of the signs and Venus as well of being this place of, of value uh, and meaning and worth. And so as we make these big moves and we're switching and we're changing, there is sort of this culmination of value and, and worth and the meaning behind it all. And even if we are making these, um, we're sort of, you know, I always think about opposition as sitting on the, on a fence, like you're gonna, you're like, you're up at the top of the fence, but you got to go over. Right. And so we're going over Jupiter. We're going over where we're growing, how we're expanding, what's the meaning of it all? What did we understand? What did we, what wisdom can we take away from everything mm-hmm. that we've experienced? And how does that understanding then sit with us in a way that holds meaning, that holds purpose, that holds peace, that we can be still with within ourselves, even if there is a lot of activity that goes around it? Um, because that's, I mean, we are under the eclipse cycle of Libra, which really talks about peace as well. Um, and peace isn't found from outside of you. Peace can only be cultivated from within. And so just coming to this point with all these planets and all these converging sort of things that can take us from our peace and peace us out in some way, I suppose. Um, yeah, there's just something about this eclipse that has that. I don't got words for it. Just movement. (laughs) No, I think 
I like, I think movement's good. I like the piecing out aspect. Like it does, it does feel like, or um, what's you, the word you used wisdom, right? Jupiter, mm-hmm. right? Like what have we learned from this? It does feel like a moment of, what do you say? Like integration too. Like mm-hmm. it feels actually really nice. I mean, when I say nice, I don't necessarily mean pleasant, but. Yeah. It feels um, vital. productive. <laughs> Thank you. It feels productive. Well, that's the beauty of oppositions, right? It's yeah. oppositions are what give us the bird's eye view. It is the integration because we have the polarity. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, if there wasn't a polarity, how we wouldn't be, you know, integrating. <laughs> we'd already be on that side or we'd, or we'd be, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there's strong oppositions taking place here. So that integration um, and the wisdom that it takes to get there uh, is very, very necessary. But, I, you know, I like this eclipse. I I mean, any eclipse is going to be a little hairy uh, just because that's the nature of eclipses. But there's something about this one where really just moves moves the party, moves the party on. And there's just a, a good feeling about it, even if life is changing um, and things are not as in your control and there's a lot of moving parts to deal with. It's like, maybe you take this moment out, maybe. The, and I know I can already think of two Halloween parties that are on this night <laughs> in my head, um, you know, so maybe we just have a night out and we just enjoy ourselves in the midst of the chaos of life. We just get to have pleasure um, in whatever form that looks like. I think I also too, I like this eclipse because at this point, like whatever story this is for you personally, like, you know, you know the story already. Yeah. It's not like we're being introduced to something new, which is always comforting, right? Even if there's 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 a plot shift or, shift or whatever, I feel like at this point, you know, you have an idea of what's happening. So there's there's that as well. Yeah. So think about where Taurus is in your chart. Think about where Scorpio is in your chart. And think about these areas um, and what could be wrapping up there um, and just coming to a head because that's the nature of full moons. That's the nature of eclipses. Of course, eclipses take longer for the actions to really... Uh, you know, uh, show up over time, but just so you know, that's where that, that story is taken. So we're moving on from eclipses. We wipe our brow because now eclipses (laughs) are done sort of, (laughs) sort of, um, and the next, yeah, (laughs) there astrology is never done. That's like, that's being an astrologer. Never ending (laughs) job. It's a never ending. If I had, um, well, I mean, I refound, I refound, uh, well, let's talk. It is Scorpio. See, <laughs> I always make a joke, joke. I'm like, if I could just push a button, right. Just push and power down for like <laughs> a couple of days. But any of you, um, eighties kids out there may, uh, resonate with this. I came across an old TV show that I loved when I was young called out of this world. Um, and is that, yeah. Is that the one where they had like the pause button? I was trying to reference this yeah. the other day. Okay. And she'd go like this. She put her fingers together and it would stop time. Yeah. Um, yes. It would stop time and then everybody would stop and she'd be able uh-huh. to do things in between. And then she would yeah. put her hands together like this in order to stop it. Um, and I found a whole, you can watch all those on archive.org in case you want to know out of this that, world. That's amazing. I was trying to reference that the other day and no one had any idea what I was talking about, A, and then I couldn't remember the name of the show, but I'm so happy <laughs> that that feels very significant now. It's coming up. I feel like there's 
there's something deeper. It's in the sort of the, the field. Yeah. It, well, so if, if only we could do that, I guess that was my joke. If only astrologers could just go boop and then rearrange the sky. Yeah. Oh, well, wouldn't that be? Yeah. They, she was a half alien from the planet Arcturus. It was like kind of like our, our, um, Arcturus, but it was like, they did a little play on letters there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, take it back. If you remember it like me, you can go down that wormhole. Um, so we're moving on (laughs) and that, that, uh, that, that weekend is just happen, right? Because the next day on the 29th is when Mercury and Mars, uh, conjunct and then, um, really the moon is getting ready to conjunct Uranus. So Sunday's got a lot of heat, a lot of flavor to it, a lot of activity. Um, so just FYI. So let's keep moving on. There's plenty for us to talk about here. We're going to move on to Venus. She is, so one of the things that we didn't really talk about with the lunar eclipse, but I think we sort of inadvertently just brought it up (laughs) is the fact that Venus is getting ready to try and Uranus. Um, So she's sort of in this freed up mode as well, where she's looking at things differently and trying to figure out uh, the logistics and the, uh, the workarounds and the innovation and the uh, yeah, just free me up from all this stuff. It's too much. And so she's going to come around and trine Uranus on Halloween, actually, on the 31st, which makes for an interesting Halloween. I think we're going to have some intriguing costumes um, and very uh, well thought out, detailed costumes that people might have put a lot of work in. I guess we will see. Yeah. But she basically is going to try and Uranus and then oppose Neptune. So basically, October 31st through November 3rd, that entire week, Venus is, I feel like <laughs> Venus is giving up. Venus like kind of gets a hit of like liberation. And then she's like, oh, just send me to Neptune. I'm over. <laughs> I'm over all of this <laughs> business. <laughs> um, especially with the sun opposing Jupiter on the 2nd, on November 2nd. Um, and then we have Saturn stationing direct, uh, on the fourth, which is going to be, uh, that weekend and then Mercury opposing Uranus. So let's back it up. Let's save that Saturn Mercury business. Let's put that on ice for a second, but let's think about this, this Venus, Uranus, Neptune, and the sun opposing Jupiter, like the flavor of this week. What just initially comes to mind for the week of like basically a Halloween week hungover. Like I just think I used to like <laughs> Venus giving up, but I just think of Venus and Neptune and being like, okay, I'm not even going to try anymore. <laughs> I can't deal with reality right now. Yeah. Well, I, it makes it, it has this feeling of like, because there's sort of like this breakthrough, breakthrough, break free sort of energy. Yeah. And it's just like, it's almost like this, like let go and let God sort of thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> Like, I, I don't know why, but I've been thinking of, I, um, I made that post and you responded that, that movie, don't tell mom, the babysitter's dead oh, again, another eighties reference and thinking about, I just keep, keep thinking about Venus and Virgo and like the power suit, right? Like she's getting things done. She doesn't necessarily want to, but she's going to do it for us. And then like the Neptune being like, but now I need like a long drink, maybe like three drinks. 
She is a decompress. Yeah. She is. This is where she falls. This is this is the fall in <laughs> Venus right here is when she meets Neptune. And she's like, OK, she's like, I've dealt with all all the BS. I've dealt with it all. I've handled it all. Now I'm just going to check out. I'm just going to check it. Check out. I'm going to trust. I'm going to have faith. Maybe that's part of it too. You know, there could be this element of just faith that comes up, especially with the sun opposing Jupiter, um, where we just have to have faith in life and faith in people and faith mm-hmm. in scenarios where it's just like, okay, well, I don't have control over everything, but I have control over myself and my own decisions. And, you know, it's very serenity prayer comes to mind. <laughs> I, yeah. Like I think check out and check in. <laughs> yeah right? It does feel very internalized with, Mm -hmm. because I mean, we have two oppositions taking place in earth and water. These are slower paced, internalized, you know, inside job sort of um, scenarios going on, Uh, especially after we just get out of like eclipse energies. Uh We might just need a second. And um, look at that. We also have the moon in cancer, um, for on November, basically November 1st, 2nd and 3rd for the most part. So she'll be trining, um, that water, she'll be working with that earth. And so I'm actually going to be on vacation. I'm going, (laughs) I'm going to be on vacation from the 1st to the 7th, which I'm excited about going to Olympia. Going to go give a shout out. Going to go hang out with Gray. Going to go hang out with Nicholas. Going to go visit Cali, uh, the Jen's Arts Institute or library. So that's exciting. Are you so I'm do- literally checking yeah. out. <laughs> I love that. Are you going to do any like, I don't know, like sauna party or feels like there needs like self-care or any vacation-y things besides just like being with your friends? Well, I would like to go out in nature. I mean, it's the beauty of the PNW is like there's mm-hmm. lovely... You know, there's lovely nature scenes and and watery scenes and probably rainy scenes. Is a very <laughs> earth water. You give me a raincoat. Um, that seems perfect for this moment. Yeah. So that's very that's very exciting to me. I don't know if y- y'all are going on vacation or not, <laughs> but that is my that is my checkout um, to just uh, have a moment. Get 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 clarity. Get the bigger picture because that's the beauty of vacation, right? You get away from your life, and you can be like, okay, well now I can see my life from a different vantage point because I'm just not in it. Um, and it's always so clarifying, uh, at least in my mind, or rejuvenating. <laughs> yeah, it just it's interesting. You talked about the um, the oppositions being right, like the outsider's perspective of being able to see things clearly across the hall. Yeah. And I think that's like vacation is. I always though, like, I think I, I write better. I think better when I'm in a different environment because I can like fully see my environment. We're more aware of it, right? I feel like I'm just more alive when I'm on, well, when I'm on vacation or when I'm just not in my normal state or, or place. And that could be my own makeup. Um, yeah. You know, that could be part of it, but there's just something that really just jars, especially when you're a fixed personality. If you have yeah. fixed angles, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, it's you gotta, you gotta, you gotta move. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta go somewhere different just to be able to crack the shell that 
you've created for, for yourself, or at least for myself. So. Oh, I love that idea of like cracking your own shell. That's a really beautiful image to work with. I also think of, um, I'm going to like paraphrase Gertrude Stein right now, but this idea of like, you know, she, I think she, she talked about how she couldn't write about America until she went to Paris. Right. So you have someone who's like this expat who spends her whole life, right. Like writing the Americans and all these things, but it was the perspective of being outside that allowed her to like, see where she came from more fully. Yeah. I love that context. Yeah. You know, context doesn't come from within. It comes from a distance. So we, and so, and so here we, we're back again, at oppositions, right? Yes. That's what we're looking at right here. We're looking at Venus, Neptune, we're looking at the sun and Jupiter. And so here we're getting the distance, um, which is exciting. So I'm, I am all for this. And speaking, <laughs> speaking of distance, let's take us to the weekend because that's where, yeah, if, if things are checked out and we have that moment to have like kind of a spiritual moment with ourselves and get the context yeah, yeah. and get the, the second, it's like the, by the time we get to the weekend, it's a little different. You know, we got uh Saturn, good old, good old Saturn stationing direct at uh zero degrees Pisces here. Um, and we have Mercury. Went a little, went a little head here. We have Mercury opposing Uranus. Oh, that's always a good time, isn't it? You know, I don't know why. Um, what he's been on my mind. Are you familiar with the um, interviewer Dick Cavett, who's like still alive, mm-hmm. by the way? Yeah. Oh, he's All still alive. I was having a conversation with Sam Reynolds the other day. <laughs> we just stumbled the fact upon the fact that we both love Dick Cavett, and he's like, he's dead. I'm like, no, no, he's still alive still alive, but he has the, um, Mercury sun, um, Kazemi in Scorpio. Right. Mm. So I think the, like the scorpionic Mercury of just like probing, asking question after question. And then the, like, you know, Uranus is being like, okay, like take some action. It feels like there's like that sort of startling. There's definitely a startling. That's a, there's definitely a startling go- that goes on with uh, Mercury and Uranus together. There's, which can be exciting, you know, that's that's the thing. So once again, we're, we're at these oppositions, so many oppositions. And it's not every day that we get a million oppositions in the sky. A lot of times we go to these places where we're in conjunction. Well, conjunctions aren't as common, but a lot of times we're just in square zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's certain times a year where we get an opposition zone just based on wherever the planets happen to be in, in the skies. And this is that, this is that place. So we're looking at the projection. We're looking at the other, we're looking at how we meet the world, how we meet people, what exciting things we meet, what people bring to the table that you're not expecting to hear or experience. Um, and cr- back to cracking the shell, right. Thinking mm-hmm. about, I'm like thinking about me being on vacation here. I'm like, show me something I haven't seen. Take me somewhere. That it could be a surprise. Uh, let's just meander because we have the ability to, and the freedom to just see kind of what turns up. Um, and that's that's exciting. Uh, and just a sh- there's shocks to perception um, from what Ooh, it is yeah. we encounter, right? Uh, which can be very stimulating. Um, uh, and, and well, just d- depends. Like I, like my partner, while well, I'm going to be, uh, there, he's, he's there too, but he's going to be on a men's retreat. So here he is out there in the wood with, with a bunch of men <laughs> being shocked into different perceptions. Um, 
which is the point of the retreat, right? That's that's the whole point of the retreat is to come from it with a different angle from your life. So there is something about Saturn, you know, going direct, which is a big deal. Yeah. You got any planets at the beginning of mutable signs, you're going to be feeling this, this station of Saturn because it is essentially in hard aspect to your planets. Um, and so Saturn, we already talked, you know, we did some treatment on Saturn earlier. Um, but Sa- what do you think about just Saturn emerging at the same time we're having like shocking kind of perceptions and sort of this like disruption of mental form, um, or transactionary form. God, it's interesting. I think the first thing that comes to mind is it, because in a sense, it's interesting because all of this stuff in Scorpio Taurus feels like a little bit of like wrapping up a story and like the sort of final conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe Saturn emerging almost feels like the big, like I don't know why I had this image in my head. See if we can work with this. But I was imagining like the the, the opposition between like Scorpio and Taurus. It's like you're like on a job interview and you have to keep interviewing the next person, the next person, like all these oppositions like going through and having mm-hmm. to like learn more information, figure it out, right? And then Saturn's like the boss walks into the room and like, okay, but now we have to deal with shit. Like now this is like the reality of what what's going to happen. There's something like a... um. I want to say like, uh, yeah, like a reality check that comes into all yeah. of this. Like a, it's sort of solidifying things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and then Saturn loves to give us that. He loves to, or it loves, you know, whatever you assign Saturn to, loves to give us the reality check. It loves to uh, give us a little uh, gravity um, and weight and serious consideration. Yeah. Um, but also form and, yeah. uh, you know, some sort of like structure and, and say, say you're in a great brainstorming session, right? Yeah. You're having this Mercury, you're having this Uranus. And then it's like, okay, well, it exists out here in this, this field of thought. Well, what do you do to take, take the creation and like make something out of it? Like, how do you start putting form around it? Um, or what does that look like for the long term? Or how would we flesh out a plan in order to move forward with that at a slow pace? <laughs> you know, um, these are all things exactly. that can come up. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of like, I love that brainstorming session, right? Like you think you're in a brainstorming session, you have like all of these great ideas and it like, maybe there's sort of multiple and then like thinking about like the, your boss comes into the room, like, but okay, but you have to take this into account. There, it feels like there's going to be a sense of like, oh, there's something that I'm being forced to work with. It's mm. not just sort of this, this freedom of the brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. And when that's okay. Sometimes we yeah. need those boundaries, right? We need to have a little bit, a little bit of boundaries. Um, or you can think about even with the Saturn story and what has, what you've been experiencing with yeah. Saturn and Pisces for, uh, since it has moved in there, I'm like, when did it move in March? Yeah. Moved in in March. So think about all you've experienced with Saturn now being in your Pisces house. And, and now it's like, okay, mission direct, uh, let us go forward. You know, we're This is going forward. So just thinking about it in that context, um, but also being in just a frame of mind overall, right? Because here's the thing is who rules Saturn? Jupiter right now. In who? Jupiter's like, in like, line I know the up. answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> Me. <I know. laughs> uh, 
but Jupiter just got, got a workout, right? We mm-hmm. just had, you know, the sun, Mercury, Mars, the eclipse was near it. It's like Jupiter got some serious action. So the the planet in charge of Saturn has been well informed <laughs> by um, last by the sun. So there's something to be said about just that knowledge and coming back to the wisdom, right? Um, yeah. That now can be integrated or into the Pisces zone. So it's definitely something for people that are going to have that have uh, transits going on there. But overall, I feel like it's 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 a good change of pace um, to have Saturn going direct. So that lead so basically around that whole time we are leading up to the sort of the wrap or the um next wrap of the this eclipse cycle right you know we've passed the eclipses but we're still we're still under the libra eclipse cycle where is it okay and so on sunday actually really early in the morning here um, we have the last quarter in Leo. I'm like, what sign, what sign is that Mel? What's, <laughs> I think it's because I just said Libra. I was like, Lee, Lee, what's the other one? Leo, um, right on my <laughs> Jupiter. That sounds nice. Uh, so, well, and actually, if we think about this is this last quarter is actually where, um, Venus stationed direct, so if you want to hearken back to that to that time, um, that was going on. But, you know, Leo and Scorpio energy. We started off this conversation talking about yeah. <laughs> Leo and Scorpio. Uh, so having a last quarter and sort of a turn of events with these two signs has a sort of dramatic feel to it um, in my mind. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... The breakdown, right? It's interesting thinking about, I don't know whether, whenever I think of the moon in Leo, I feel there's like a, I want to say like a, sounds so bad, like a desperate call for attention. There's something, or even thinking about the sky is like a a dramatic turn perhaps. Hmm. Was in, well, and so, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, how do I put this into words? I'm like, I'm like you probably know this with Mercury and Pisces. I was like, is like, right? is my Mercury and Pisces like rubbing off on you? Um, Did you just well, like I got up? Mercury conjunct Jupiter, so it's sort of the same thing sometimes where things just come abstractly or in visions or pictures or just concepts, yeah. and you're like, well, how do I articulate this in a way that <laughs> I just know image, and understand? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We're this I've got you. This, podcast is now just going to uh telepathy now so uh try to tune in see if you can get it um no but okay now i totally do now i totally derailed my thought uh i said dramatic turn for moon and moon and leo and you said no no no," and you were getting a vision and i was (laughs) i was getting a vision that just disappeared into thin air um i don't know where oh i don't know where it went i don't know where it went i think we were talking about uh well, the dramatic turn, but also the need for attention. I mean, it really yeah. puts the focus on the sun itself, right? And the so the Leo moon is going to be ruled by that Scorpio sun. So yeah. here that that moon is receiving the sun, ultimately, yeah. who is mm-hmm. right next to Mars, who is mm-hmm. its 
Um, so it's very energizing in a sense. Yeah. It might be very energizing back to the change, back to the strategy, back to the the overall um, kind of mission that we're talking about that's about to seed, right? We are getting ever closer to this synodic situation going on with the sun and Mars. And so that, that Leo moon comes around and it's got us thinking about, um, you know, our, our hearts and ourselves and being seen and being uh, creative and being um, alive, right? I mean, there's a there's a, a sense of being really alive and in the moment, you know, fire is all about being in the moment and the now um, that can get lit up at this point. And so maybe there's something, a spark in the moment um, or an understanding of yourself or who you, how, how you want to be and what, what you want to be seen for that facilitates some sort of turning point that is part of the change, right? Because that's the MO of this Scorpio season. Um, but it can definitely bring up drama. You know, maybe yeah. someone else wants to be seen this or they're exhibiting that, or I'm extra passionate about this, or um, I've, you know, and then all of a sudden you get into clashes with other people because you're you're extra you <laughs> right now, maybe. I don't know. This is maybe a non sequitur, but thinking about right, that drama and like thinking about the um the leo moon like maybe a way to um work with that drama is to like i don't know have like an outfit change i always think about like leo moons to me always feel like secret leos like i think about like a like someone i know who has this like um lingerie store cuz she like you look at her and she looks very like just like you you wouldn't guess that she has this like obsession with lingerie and this, so there's something about like, maybe like you're just Leo moon can like, you know, have some fun instead of like, you know, causing drama, put on a new outfit. Put it, just do an outfit change, right? You know, or maybe change. that's when the outfit change happens. Think about it back to the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, back to that's the, the station degree point of the Venus, um, of Venus retrograde where she stationed a couple, couple months prior. And, uh, I remember Nicholas Polimonakos was talking yeah. about that on the podcast about thinking about her emergence there. And it's like, she's like, I've got a new song. I've got this new look. I've got this new, you know, oh, and so maybe we did have that, but are we implementing it yet? I mean, she's almost a Libra. She's not quite there yet. She's about to go. She's about to tap into her, uh, her integrity and seriousness here with that, trying to Pluto, right. She's, yeah, she's getting yeah. off of her break. <laughs> she's getting off with her break with Neptune here. And now she's like, okay, I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to get serious. I'm going to try and Pluto get, get into integrity, look at, look at the shit, own it, and then move into Libra and, and be her best self. Um, so there might be sort of that turning point around, just energetically that spot in the zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the, I love that it's like the exclamation on whatever outfit, outfit change you made there before. Yeah. Cause maybe you just, maybe you just bought the outfit. Maybe you yeah. haven't tried it out yet. Maybe you haven't worn it to the, mm -hmm. you know, you haven't had quite the confidence yet or you're like, is this me? Um, <laughs> but now, but now you're like, you stare down Pluto and you're like, you know what? I'm changing. I'm a new person. I'm, I'm have a different aesthetic. I'm receiving myself and want to, uh, in a different, in a different light. And I want to exhibit in a way that, um, I have, you know, I haven't yet. 
Uh, so I guess we'll have to we'll have to test this theory out when we get to around November fifth here, <laughs> when we get yeah. to the end of my vacation. Um, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to check that out. Uh, but it really brings us to it's interesting. It brings us to the next week, which is the balsamic week, essentially. That is going to lead us to you know that's kind of the darkening of the light that will lead us to the new moon that's going to happen the fall uh, following Monday on the 13th of November. But there's a lot going on. So there's two, there's sort of two separate stories that are happening. Actually, just kidding. There are three separate stories, Mm -hmm. all from the personal planets. So A, we have our Venus story, which we just were kind of talking about, which I'll pick your brain about here in a second, is this Venus trying to Pluto Um, And then her moving into Libra. So this is basically November 6th, that Monday through Wednesday, the 6th through the 8th there. And then we have sort of, you know, Venus is a big story, but Mercury's story is pretty all over the place. Um, And whenever we get an all over the place Mercury story, that means we're, we're in for a busy week where there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of up and downs and there's a lot of Mm. this and a lot of that. And so Mercury is going to... um, so basically it's coming off that opposition with Uranus. Mm-hmm. It is trining Neptune. <laughs> then it's, it sextiles Pluto, basically sort of the same time that Venus, Venus and Mercury are both talking to Pluto at the same time. Then it moves into Sagittarius, but oh, it squares Saturn. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So good. Right when it moves in. It's like Marcus is doing its thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, look at you. Look at you all direct and talking to me. Um, So that Mercury, so that's all happening from the 6th through the 10th, basically Monday through Thursday. And then once we get through that, just for context, just for that bigger picture, as we lead into the, the new moon, we got Mars getting close to an opposition with Uranus, which is big deal and going to be part of this new moon. So let's back it up. Let's back it up. Let's talk about that Venus first. I want to, I mean, give me some thoughts on Venus, Pluto, but, but mainly give me thoughts on Venus and Libra. Let me, or even just the transition of that. Oh man. Um, like first off, (laughs) I'm just, I feel like I'm like excited for Venus, Libra. Um, I, Hmm. I just think so much of when I was thinking about the, um, maybe I just it's on my mind the present moment of the sort of like volatility we've been having with this sort of Libra Aries axis, which brings in like just so much of like, um, you know, Mars was in Libra, Venus is in Virgo, and so just Venus like coming home feels like it adds like a, I don't know, like a just a sort of a sigh of relief. <laughs> Like finally they're both home. Cause I think it's been tricky for so long. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when, I mean, she's going to be, she's in an interesting home, especially with the South node hanging out there. She's sure, like, sure. Hmm. she's like getting, she's like swirling the drain. She's like, gets in yeah. and she's like, Oh, you know, feels good to be home. She's like, what is this pole? What is this? <laughs> Why am I getting slowly sucked into this, this force that, is over in the, yeah, across the house. Um, I agree. I think she is going to be, it's going to be very helpful with, yeah. 
especially a lot on the world stage with coming to um diplomatic diplomatic uh talks around some extreme things that are happening in the world that I'm pretty sure we are all aware of um yeah. and the 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 fair you know what the justice around that the, the mm-hmm. fairness the hearing each other out while also remaining strategic right mm-hmm. you know having Mars because uh, that's the thing is we got to be careful like Mars opposing Uranus or leading up to that in a new moon that's basically seated in that that's um that's a very volatile very volatile cycle um so Venus is gonna she has her work cut out for her I think and that's like a big part of her being in Libra and getting closer and closer to uh, eventually the south node is that her usual tactics mm-hmm. might not be what's needed for these situations um because just because a planet is that's the thing is a I always have to remind myself that a planet in dignity it's it's resourceful it's got what it needs to do its job but is its signification always the right thing that is needed for the job because it's consistency and consistency is good when we we need it and we want to be consistent in that area of life or that quality of life but there's certain I mean, there's, you know, we got Venus in dignity and then we also got Mars in dignity. Well, they're both in dignity and they're in aversion to one another, you know? So who's sort of taking, taking the cake here? Um, especially just thinking about more the world stage and what's going on right now, because ultimately Mars is in, um, I mean, sort of in a stronger position, but it's also combust sun. It, there's a lot of things going on there. But I guess what I'm saying is she's going to be glad to be home, but being yeah. home is not going to have the uh, natural strength that um, she might be used to and might bring us back to sort of the people-pleasing conversations uh, that oh. are having earlier of like that not always going to be how to smooth things over um, in a way that is the benefit for for everyone it's interesting thinking about that sort of volatile mars situation as you were saying both of them having their strength and i'm wondering with venus um you know making her way to the south node right there's a sense of like what she's forced to let go and it does feel like a little bit of like complication between like maybe um yes like you said venus being home but maybe forced to like i think of renegotiations or mm-hmm. like, like having to some like dissolve, like realizing what partnerships, what things are no longer working. Cause it does seem like there's going to be an emphasis on that sort of letting go component. Yeah. Or a realization I mean, of what's not working. What's yeah. not just in a sense. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times people have their go-to negotiations or like, this is how I smooth things over. Mm-hmm. This is how, this is like, I know it's like, I got a recipe for like, just get this one must say, this is a thing, this is going to work. And then you're like, what do you, what do you mean it's not working? What do you mean? That's not, yeah, that's not going to do. Um, so should just be aware of that, uh, with the, the, the transit there, it's going to be nice that she's home, but she's going to basically go through all the same things. And of course we're for, we're looking much farther ahead here. Um, then Scorpio season, uh, just to be, just give a exact, cause I like to give exacts. 
She is going to be on the South Node uh, at the end of November, November 29th. Um, and she's going to do the same thing all the other planets did, right? She's going to square Pluto. She's going to go, you know, in and trine Saturn, right? Um, once she gets into her, her place of detriment. And so just thinking about Venus's journey. So really enjoy Venus while you can in those, <laughs> those first parts of Libra, because she's going to have her, her work cut out for her um a little bit later on so that being said let's let's pull it back here um let's pull it back so let's talk about mercury god move much so much going on um so trying to neptune this is how i see it i'm like i'm like oh i gotta i just have to rest i can't think right now okay Oh, I took too much time doing that. All right. I got to get serious. I got to, <laughs> I got to, I got to focus. And then you move into Scorpion. It's like, okay. Or you move into Sagittarius. And it's like, after you have that bit of focus, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's like free land again. Look at all the, you know, and then Saturn's like, excuse me, you still have uh, things to figure out and take care of. What are we doing here? Um, and so it feels like a very roller coastery sort of mm-hmm. mercurial ride. Um, where, uh, or maybe, oh, we don't know this. So there's uncertainty here, but then we get this information that comes out of nowhere that we didn't know, but influences the situation completely. Then you move into Sagittarius and you're trying to think of this bigger picture of like, okay, well, how do I approach this? But there's just a blockage because Saturn's like, well, you still don't have it all yet. <laughs> so these are just the scenarios running through my head right no, now. No, I love that. I'd like to love the vision of just like Saturn being this like blockage. I just, for some reason, I imagine like, Mercury and Scorpio, like, you know, contemplating things like very, very deeply and then moving into Sagittarius and just like throwing ideas out there like this one, this one, this one. And it just gets, it hits the block of Saturn being like, no, 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 no. you didn't think, you didn't think this one out. I think my, (laughs) my partner who has Mercury and Sag and he is, it's totally a throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, that is. (laughs) that is and, and he'll believe it he'll believe it full like yeah like oh yeah that's great and i'm like what you have not thought this out or like that's not gonna work or 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 sometimes i'm just like oh what's wrong with me why can't i have just that blind optimism <laughs> to be like yeah let's do that like that's a great idea instead of me i'm over here we're going out going okay, all right. Like I can see the, I see the loophole in that. I see what's wrong with that. I see the potential barrier in that. So maybe that's actually two people. Who knows? You you could be the Saturn and they could be the Mercury or, or vice versa. But either way, there's sort of this, um, <clears throat> uh, sort of this perceptual or communicative uh, kind of standoff that all this energy leads to right as Mars is about, about to pose Uranus, right? So it's, I, I will say though, there's a benefit to having that mercury blockage, right? Like the, yeah. the throwing shit at the wall, like sometimes you need that sort of the no, you know, to save you from doing some really dumb shit. <laughs> it's something Ain't to remember when truth. you're getting frustrated with that mercury and Sag, like, wait, maybe there's a reason the universe is putting a blockade in front of me. That, that could be true. That could be true. And that's the thing. That's always, I think with Saturn. It's like, we can't get past that particular moment when we're like, ah, frustrated and that's getting my way, or this is now delayed, or I can't figure this out or whatever it is. 
but nine times out of 10, there is such a purpose to that blockage or the hurdle or the, or, you know, think about it like in just mutable form, it's a mutable square and it's a mutable square that's ruled by the same planet. So we got to keep that in mind because that's, it's Jupiter. So it's not like they're totally at odds with one another, but Mm -hmm. Jupiter's still retrograde. Jupiter, uh, you know, is still chewing over its own thing. So there's, it's, it's just slower to flesh out. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we, and I think we talked about this earlier in the program about mm-hmm. you can't just like force think your way through, <laughs> through things. As much as you want to. As much as you want to, as much as you try to sweat it out. So you can't force think. Uh, your way through things. So, so just give yourself a, a second, right? Give yourself a second. Um, especially since that, that Mars Uranus bit, that's big news. So that's going to happen on the 11th. Cause that's the thing is like, if there's impulsiveness, <laughs> now's the time, right? It's, that's the nature of Mars and Uranus is it's, it's very, very volatile. It's very erratic. It's like, I'm restless. I'm itching to move and I've, I've got to do this, or I've got to free myself from this or, or, or something you're freed from something. And it was of your own accord, right? You know, just situations and yeah. uh, around you or people or the world all of a sudden, you know, shake things up and move things around. So, you know, what it makes me think of like I don't know why I'm thinking like the Mars because it's Mars in Scorpio in its house with making the opposition to Uranus. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation that is just feels like untenable. Maybe it's like a job or a relationship and you're like, it feels untenable, but you're just like in your brain, you're like, I'm just going to keep going with this. Yeah. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on. <laughs> and then like it hits to such a point that maybe you like, you kind of like unintentionally sabotage it right? That Uranus feels like one mm. of those days where you're like, shit, I finally said that thing to my boss that got me fired. Yeah. But secretly, I really, I hate this job. Like, I feel like at it's best. It could be maybe one of those moments of liberation. I think that that's brilliant, right? Because <laughs> the the Mars is combust the sun. It's not conjunct yeah. yet, right? You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> if the the sun can 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 burn it up we can't might not might have that blind spot not see exactly yeah. what we're doing or how we're acting mm-hmm. or or um even just when we think about bo- like body actions and our yeah. um our subtle cues that can be just enough to be yeah. to to change the situation it's like you don't have to be like out there like doing the thing sometimes it's just your you know, the attitude that you give off mm-hmm. that, um, changes a situation. Right. And yeah. so, and if we're at the, and so we're at the granddaddy point of change, right? Like that's essentially what's happening here because we have that new moon on November 13th on Monday. And so look at this thing, look at this lineup, 20 degrees, <laughs> Scorpio, 43 minutes. Mars right next door. We're still four days out from the conjunction. Um, ex- so it's ex- pretty much exact sun Uranus opposition. So this is, and so just two things. One, whenever the sun is opposite Uranus, this is obviously the, you know, outer planets are always retrograde. And this is the closest Uranus will get. This is in its perigee uh, phase. So it's the closest Uranus gets to the planet Earth. 
Mm-hmm. So it accentuates the Uranian vibe over there in, in Taurus. Um, meanwhile, which is a precursor sort of to the conjunction with the sun and Mars, we have this trying to Neptune that is going on. So I, you know, we're going to have to think about this bridging the gap between Uranian oppositions and Neptunian trines. Um, one thing I just wanted to point out real quick, just to go back in time and kind of get a flavor yeah, is to think about back in November of 2021, because we had an exact same situation with the exact, uh, different scenario. Of course, we don't have Mars right next door. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but November 4th of 2021, we had another, uh, new moon cycle that was seated in an exact opposition to Uranus. So if you kind of want to go back and, you know, you play a book there, actually Mars was in Scorpio then too. What am I saying? It's fascinating, not as close, but there's something to be said there. So pull it back. I don't know what you were doing, Vivi, but (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking to myself, I'm the worst astrologer because like, I'm like, where was I? No, I don't know. How many years ago was that? What planet was I on? What? Was <laughs> I know, and that's why I keep journals. I have I have kept a yeah. journal every day of my life. I've written about every day of my life, which is very ex- excessive. Um, since 2015, so I always go back and, and look. So I can't remember either. I mean, I can vaguely. <laughs> I got like vague, like I can kind of yeah. feel where I was at in my life. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. Um. But especially for people that had like important chart points uh, in, once again, in Taurus and Scorpio, this can light things up. And so, you know, that's interesting too, may I point out? Because that mm-hmm. was before, like that was before this whole eclipse story. So I feel like in some ways- About to lead look- in, yeah. Yeah, like we're looking at like a life that has maybe been decimated, right? So maybe there's a story that started there, like how far we've come. Yeah. Well, yeah. because that- um, what was interesting actually is that was the first eclipse the the lunar the full moon of that cycle on november yeah. 19th was the first eclipse for the taurus scorpio uh eclipse um see, or yeah cycles yeah yeah so it's kind of fascinating that we began that whole journey mm-hmm. with an, a conjunction or with a new moon opposite Uranus. And we are going to round out that whole journey with a new moon opposing Uranus. You, I, when you're just looking at that new moon, you're, you're, Uranus, the thing that was coming to mind was this like phrase of like, <laughs> cut it out or we will cut it out for you. And almost thinking about whatever like final like strings you have attached to your old life, the cord's going to be cut. Right? I mean, Mars, super decomposing, right? We're mm-hmm. like four days out from the turnover of the cycle. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true, right? And so let's revisit back to our opposition to Uranus, trying to Neptune. What does Neptune like to do? It, d- <laughs> Like, 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 what does it like? My, my go-to <laughs> Neptune is like dissolve, but I think yes. that's like, like, <laughs> thank you. Yes, 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 exactly. Dissolve, <laughs> diffuse, yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking about that idea of that there's like, 
you know, that maybe somewhere, right, what we call like our, you know, unconscious or subconscious or whatever is like working on our behalf, perhaps. Like, yeah, we're, we're playing out a story in the real world that like maybe we've we've dreamt up even if we aren't like aware that we're doing it. I could totally see that as a thing. There's a lot of subconscious vibes going yeah. on um, here. Yeah, the, the vibes from the deep well, basically, mm. <laughs> are like there were, you know, we're calling the bucket up <laughs> and it's going to. Uh, I love that though, thinking about like the the official cut from that zone of mm. our, our charts. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and cuts aren't always a, a bad thing. It's just moving the story along, right? You know, that's the thing about Uranus and Taurus is it's just like the shake, the shakes are there, but they're also so well-grounded that for a lot of people, it hasn't fully dis- dislodged you. <laughs> it's just yeah. rattled you the whole time, you know? So <clears throat> how do we do the full dislodging? Right. And, um, and I, I like it because it's like, we also have, uh, Mercury sextiling Venus at this time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's moving away from that square to Saturn. Venus is in her domicile. So there, there's like w- things to work with as far as like communicating to other people, um, getting creative, like being social, piecing things out to move the transition or what's changing along. You know, there's that's that seems very supportive just mm-hmm. in the the real world kind of like implication of what's happening. And, you know, it's interesting even thinking about the transition between eclipse stories, right? So thinking about like Mars being there with that new moon to sever like whatever last strings we have to this old story. And then at the same time, Venus, right? Being in our home of Libra, almost like, I want to say like softens, sort of lends like a sort of a gift to this new, like a a sort of um, like a blessing to this new story. It feels like a nice transition between. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we all want to change, right? I think that's how we started this podcast. We're all ready for this change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, these, these other aspects and components are necessary to that happening. Um, but if we're in good spirits about it and we are mm-hmm. open to it, um, and people are helping us along and we're able to, uh, you know, discuss what it is we're going through and talk it out with others and people are generous and helping each other, right? You know, I think that it's a very supportive environment to a rather um, disruptive and potentially volatile uh, cycle um, that is necessary, right? Yeah. Because that's essentially what's happening here is this whole week we are getting situated in this energy uh, while the sun and Mars are both moving to try Neptune. Um, and then they will conjunct right after they both perfect their trine. So technically that's going to happen on the 17th, uh, Friday and mm-hmm. the 18th, um, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, for, for us here on the Pacific coast, it happens all on the 17th. But God, this whole, I mean, this is a podcast in itself, honestly, is the synodic cycle of the sun and Mars and that trying to Neptune. And I know if you want to go back, uh, Greg Crawford and I talked about it in our, our 
mid cap of the year uh, that we did, I think back in June or July, uh, we did a lot of treatment on this conjunction and just this time period in general. So if you want to check that out, um, but I mean, what, where your, uh, where's your Pisces visions, your material visions coming up for, for this trine and conjunction? Well, I want to kind of back to something I was thinking about. I'm going to go back to Venus for a moment, if I may, in this whole period, because I liked how earlier when you were talking about the um, Libra Aries axis and you said that like this idea of like getting an idea of like what our mission is and who's on the mission with us. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about like, maybe this is a period of time with like Venus and Libra where like it's one of the things that we can start to rely on or figuring out like who our allies are Mm. from that new story. Um, gonna need allies. It's a lonely road alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Um, I'm yeah, like, I like it's, it's like Neptune. You're like, yeah. you're like, oh, like, what are your feelings on Neptune? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like seeing like like water floating in my brain. <laughs> I mean, Neptune is honestly one of the trickiest planets in the Zodiac. Like when you try to go describe Neptune and Neptune transits to people, you're like, okay, um, I don't know quite how to describe this because it's, it's going to be different for everyone. About Neptune, it's always like, yeah, it's, 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 you can't put your finger on it. It's not like (laughs) you can pitch your finger through it, but you can't put it on it. You know, like that's, that's the thing. That's the nature of it. Um, and to think about, we have a whole two year cycle that is steeped in this Mars, Sun, Neptune sort of action. Um, it's very, God, it makes me think about what's going to happen on the world stage only because Neptune is very, especially when we think about, um, agendas and, warfare and and warfare doesn't have to always be literally on the battlefield or anything like that. Right, it can yeah. be just like people, you know, out for their own in the world. You know, Neptune loves to throw a, a you know, a, a subfusive tactic to things. Like you never know quite what you're getting when Neptune is involved. Um, say deceitful is the word that comes, it gets worse, that comes to mind. Yeah. Well, it's you know, just, like, Yeah. You know, There's, it's a strategy that's good if like, if you're in charge and like sort of a terrible weapon, if you're not. It's yeah. It makes me think of just like, um, yeah, it's not something pleasant I want to share, but <laughs> you know, you think about like noxious fumes when you yeah. think about Neptune and, um, and yeah. So we don't want to go. I mean, it, there's going to be challenges with this. Mm-hmm. we got a really strong Mars for two years, but we also have on the high side of things. I'm going to go high here. Go high. Uh, I'm going high into the ethereal planes of the Piscean realm and thinking about the nature of the dream uh, mm-hmm. and the dream and the vision. Uh, and uh, especially with Saturn there helping to like bring form to what it is that we imagine for ourselves. And here now we have the sun, Mars, seeding a cycle that mm-hmm. is flowing with the dream. So mm-hmm. if you're in this place of change and you're in reconfiguration and, you know, joining up on a new mission with new new allies or, you know, uh, 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, it's there, but it's not there. Uh, I guess, I don't know, scratch that. But <laughs> if you're <laughs> it's like comrades, people, well, no, I was thinking, I, I had the word for that, but I was thinking about the, like the rearrangement of them, like the, um, uh, yeah. You have a new brood of people that have signed up. Some are new, oh, like some that. are old, you know, <laughs> like, I'd yeah. Be terrible. So, password that don't, don't invite me on a game show. I wouldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this feels good in that respect to me, because if you're making big changes in your life and you're going towards a, a dream that you had or a vision that you've held or an ideal that lives within you, like you're going to, you're going to need some strong strategy. You're going to need, uh, the willingness to, to change. Um, and that will hopefully help things get there. And also just being in the heart space, right. And like being emotionally attuned to that and then putting your action energy behind it. Cause that's like the big point of like manifestation. You hear that all the time. Yeah. It's, it's like, you have to, you can think about things all you want, but until the heart's there and the emotional charge is behind the concept or the idea or the intention, like things just fall flat. So here we have this really like, like loyal and committed Mars uh, to whatever it is that is emotionally circulating within the individual. So that's and why you, be aware of your emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say too, I love this idea of like infusing it with a dream and maybe your audience already knows, but I'll let you, if you wouldn't mind fleshing this out, what exactly is happening when sort of when Mars makes this Kazemi with the sun? I think that might be a moment to meditate on. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, because that's this big thing. It's like that seeding of the, uh, the, like, it's like the, the impetus, it's the action. It's like the Mars being in the, the heart of the King. The King's like, let me illuminate you on your orders. Yeah. And now you charge into battle. For two years and I'll see you. I'll and see also, you I feel like <laughs> I love that. I love hear your orders, but I also think maybe too, like when, when um, Mars is the heart of the sun, it's like, okay, and you'll get a shower. I'll clean you off. I'll feed you. Yeah. Right. There is this sort of fortification that happens, um, which is beautiful. And it's beautiful that Neptune's involved in that. It's like, oh, here's, you know, some well wishes as well, or a dream journal. Yeah. I'll give you an, a, it's, I'll give you a Harry Potter invisible cloak. That's what, uh, nice. That's like the, <laughs> it's like, so you can make your way, your, your way through. Um, I'm just curious when, so we won't have, so that's actually very interesting. Cause I remember looking this up before, if I do recall, let me just backtrack to make sure I'm correct about this. Yes. So what's fascinating just on the quick note on the sun, uh, Mars cycle is last time it happened, it happened in, uh, Libra, which we talked about the, the difficulties of both planets there during the pandemic time and leading up to the pandemic time, we had back-to-back sun Mars conjunctions, I believe, um, in Virgo, we had it twice which is not a usual thing, right? So in what was it? I don't know. Am I making that up? Mel, did you just make that up? Where am I getting that from? 
Oh, it's I think Neptune. I, yeah, <laughs> never mind. Sort of Neptune's fog. happening. I don't know why I thought that was twice. But usually what happens is it goes from sign to sign, right? You yeah, know, in yeah, 2019, yeah. it was Virgo. In 2017, it was Leo. But what's going to happen is when we get this uh, Scorpio one, Yeah. the next one actually is in January 2026, and it's going to be in Capricorn conjunct the sun, Mars, and Venus all together. So here we have going from a Mars sun synodic cycle in its domicile to a sun Mars synodic cycle in its exaltation. So we're having like four years, essentially four plus years of this incredibly strong martial action, um, which is interesting to think about on the world, (laughs) the world stage, but also fascinating to think about when we're thinking about the, the mission and what we want to achieve and accomplish in our lives and what it's going to take to get there. Um, so I just want to give a little look at Venus in that party. I know she is right. It's all happening at the same time. We have these, which the Venus sun cycle is just as important as the Venus are as the sun Mars cycle. And they play big, um, big, big roles in our interpersonal world um, and in your own life based on the cycle that you were born under. So this is this is huge, actually. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, but <laughs> but that, that's big news, right? That's big news, but not big news for quite some time. Uh, so I was like, I can barely handle the present moment to throw yeah, me four years ahead. Like, don't oh, throw fuck. me the head. I don't, can't <laughs> get there. So in the interest of saving time, because we are running long, We are going to move forward, uh, knowing that that is a potent time of moving forward with that Sun-Mars action and Neptune involved. We're just going to have to live it for the most part. So we have a first quarter in uh, Aquarius that is going to happen um, on Monday the 20th. Can't really see it right here, but um, that's... So basically we have this, we have an interesting first quarter in, in Aquarius that then goes on to conjunct Saturn. Exactly. So that Monday will be very, um, sobering probably, uh, for what, for what it is, right. We go out of this place of like, I'm in the dream zone. I'm doing this, I'm conjuncting here and I'm feeling all this change. And then the first quarter comes around, like kicking you into gear and you're on Saturn. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, how does this all work? Um, but at the same time, right. Cause sun and Mars are just slinking along together. They're sextiling yeah. Pluto. And that's essentially how we end Scorpio season is this Plutonian, uh, pathway that we can work with, mm-hmm. um, thought, any thoughts on sort of this, this cap of, uh, action. I mean, just how like different it is from that, you know, <laughs> just how different that moon Aquarius story is from when we had that moon Leo story. Like it does feel way more like the the combination of the sextile to Pluto and the like moon Saturn situation does has a sobering is is the right word. But I think like (laughs) there's something kind of like, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's, of course, things are neither good nor bad, but I think there could be, right, like a sense of just, especially thinking about that, 
Mercury and Sagittarian, Sagittarian, Sagittarius just throwing shit at the wall. And it's like this kind of like reality just creeping in. I'm like, (laughs) that's how I feel. Like the sort of heaviness. Yeah. Well, and that's that's an interesting part of it, right? Because we can be in our ideals and we can get charged up on the dream, yeah. but then all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, what's the uh, logistics here? How does this mm-hmm. all work? Um, am I integrity with this? What has to, you know, what really has to shift and change? What heavy lifting do I need to do? Yeah. Um, it's because it's not all it's not all vision. It's also like the the application of it. Um, so yeah. Mercury might be a little like, oh, okay, but you know, well, that's the beauty of Mercury and Sag too, is that it's just, it's an enthusiastic headspace. It's ready to be okay. like, okay, well, what do we do? You know, let, let's go explore this. Let's try this. Let's, um, let's keep our optimism, uh, around, uh, everything that's shifting, even though it's sort of intense, you know, it almost lightens up from like a, a perceptive standpoint of what it is we're dealing with because we can be attached to the bigger picture or the, the wider view, um, and not mired in like, you know, maybe the emotional stuff that comes up Mm -hmm. with it or the, the heavy, like earth things that we have to do. Um, we can kind of keep our, our brain enthused, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I love that. I think of like, the only challenges here might be like, think about like, part of like, I think that Mercury and Sag really getting excited to want to like do things and the rest of the sky is just kind of like slow down and think about your plan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And then I see, just see that Venus Chiron just inching up there, but that's another story for another time. (laughs) So we will leave it at that. So all right, Vivi, like we got to, uh, we got to wrap it up with a, with a one word. This is the, this is the difficult part of the program where I ask you if you had one word to describe Scorpio season, what would it be? Sobering. I think that's come up (laughs) a lot and I like it. Sobering. I I feel it's like a, um, I'm like, didn't we start with like the serenity prayer? It's like, we're going to be sending people to AA, you know, (laughs) like everybody's... (laughs) get you in a program do um, some psychedelics to like <laughs> no, get the it's story true. straight yeah I, I feel i feel you on the sobering front i definitely feel you on the sobering front um yeah i'm like god the one word i got the one feeling i'm like oh the one feeling <laughs> what's the one feeling um I guess just the, the word intensity comes to mind. I mean, it's pretty generic, but there's something in, intensity is. I love intensity because I oh, speaking of Scorpio rising, but I love, I love intensity <laughs> because it brings you to the brink of something. Mm. It's like when you're, when things are intense, you're, you're in it. You're, you're hopefully dealing with it. You're ready to, um, just, uh, and it can make you feel really alive when things are intense in your life and intense can be very, can feel very uplifting and like, ah, and it can also feel a little back to the, the sobering or yeah. like, Oh, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think like, would you describe it more as, um, or do you see a difference between like mental and emotional intensity? Well, 
speaking as a third house moon, those kind of come together. <laughs> but I think more just emotional. Uh, yeah. I think it always comes down there. I mean, it might creep into the mental aspect, but if it's in the mental aspect, it's because the emotions have brought it there. Like we're yeah. chewing over it at that mm-hmm. point because we're trying to understand how we feel um, or what's happening. And, uh, and, and the, like, and it, I mean, if I amended it, uh, the intensity of, yeah. it would just be change, you know, like Ooh. that's, it's just the, and, and navigating, navigating that, um, getting excited for it. Right. Like life is what you make it. I like that emotional intensity. Cause it feels like, um, it's way more even though perhaps challenging, right? It has a way more like inspiring. I think sometimes intensity can be inspiring. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, think about it. If you ever fallen in love, like that's intense. It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) It's like, essentially that's what intensity is. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to hold. It's a lot to compute. It's a lot to experience. Um, and, but you know, that's the, that's usually what happens when we're in these great periods of shift is the intensity that comes along with taking that ride <laughs> and making the shift. I'm going to so. defer to your word. I think, I think we can just unified intensity. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there'll be some sobering moments. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you worry about that. There will definitely be some sobering moments. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Well, Vivi, so uh, I think we did a pretty bang up treatment of Scorpio season here for all the people that rode uh, rode the wave of our intensity to yeah. get down to the nitty gritty of all the specifics. Um, so tell people where they can find you, what you got going on, if you have anything coming up, et cetera. Yeah. Well, um, I'm C. Vivi Henriette and you can find me at Art of the Zodiac in all the places, right? Um, but specifically follow me on Instagram, I guess threads. Um, and I have a Substack, Art of the Zodiac um, presents Talk, Talk, Talk. So if you follow me there, you can get on my newsletter and um, I'll send you week- links to my weekly podcast where I interview people. And uh, let's see, what fun interviews do I have? I just did a recording with um, Gabe Rosas and Sam Reynolds that's um, coming out. And Gabe and I are doing a Patreon only like talk, talk, talk this Sunday. So if people want to join my Patreon, they can come to that conversation. But yeah, I just, I interview people all the time. So, so please follow me. I can push that because it's not just me. There, there, <laughs> there is, if you, if you go check her out, you'll definitely see a, a wealth of interviews and lots of talk, 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 talking, 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 talking. I'm going to yeah. talk myself to death. Just talk. It's just talking over there. Just talking all types of fun things. So uh, definitely go check her out. Um, you. you can find me on energeticprinciples.com where I will also share Vivi's information there. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at energetic principles. And you can also find uh update for those of you who didn't know. Um, I don't think I said, maybe I said it in the beginning of the 
podcast that hasn't been recorded yet, but <laughs> um, uh, the the tarot uh, the tarot of her was successful, and we have finished our fundraising campaign. Uh, and we're successfully funded. So I'm in the process of uh, finishing writing the book for that and starting to get the production going. So if you want to learn more about that project, um, you can go to tarotofher.com or find us on Instagram at tarotofher. Uh, we also recorded a bunch of commentary videos on all the minor cards. Um, so if you want to just hear about the cards and see them and listen to our banter about cards in general, you can see that on Instagram, but we will have, we didn't, we made enough to do a small run. So we're going to do a small first edition collector's run. So there will be a few decks available if you weren't able to pledge on the Kickstarter, but the only way to get those is would be to be on the mailing list. So you're going to want to sign up for that. Cause when I say few, there's probably going to be less than a hundred, maybe less than 50. So it's not going to be a whole lot. Um, so FYI, get yourself in place for that. Uh, what else do I want to share? Sharing, just sharing in general. Sharing is caring. Spread the good news about the podcast. Share it with a friend. Uh, share on social medias. Make a meme of it. I don't care. <laughs> like, just, just spread the good word. Um, and if you wa are watching this on YouTube, leave a comment. Let us know what you think Scorpio season is going to be like and what you uh, are maybe in what you're already experiencing with eclipse season. We'd love to hear that. Um, and if you're listening to on podcast style, uh, leave a review, especially on Apple podcasts, because that helps the podcast be boosted in the ratings of, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there. A lot. It's hard, it's hard to be seen. So help a girl out. Um, I think that's it. I think we have come to the end of the Scorpio journey here. Vivi, it was so much, uh, such a pleasure to chat all things Scorpionic with you. I'm so glad you were able to join me today. Oh, I'm so happy I got to be here. This is lovely. Thank you. Well, and thank you all for listening in and tuning into us. Uh, talk, talk, talk. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and we wish you the best of luck through this time of change. And we'll see you on the other side. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm -hmm.